Uh, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to uh, inaugural episode 12 of the live shows. We're live and in person now, so... Yep, we're at the fret. <laughs> High-budget setup here. Yeah, we just hazed a bunch of the pledges, so we're ready to get episode 12 started. And um, Sabres news has been a little up and down in the past week. Uh, mostly up, I would say. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, I was going to say definitely up, I'd say, since the beginning of season till. Probably last night against the Kraken. That was pretty tough game to watch, but we'll get to that. First, we'll start with the Flames. That's where we ended our last episode on. I think it was the night before the Flames. So, yeah, that we, game was a 6-3 win. 6-3 win for the Sabres. Alex Tuck hat-trick. Dolan's history night. I mean, um, I was asked before we started filming um, before the season, does having Owen Power light a fire under Rasmus Dahlin? Yes, obviously. It's proven. He's 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 really coming into his own this year, and we'll talk about the Seattle game, and we'll get back to the Calgary game shortly. But his play last night was he was giving it his all out there every shift. You could never take that away from him. And the scoreboard says that we lost 5-1, and we did. There, there's a lot of things we need to work on. But the, uh, Rasmus Dahlin, man. Like, Record-breaking Rasmus Dahlin. It's crazy. I never would have thought. Honestly, I didn't think that record was an NHL record. I thought it was a Buffalo Sabres record just because it's such a, like, weird selection of, like, not even selection, just, like, requirement of the start the season and on. So, yeah, good for him. That's very impressive, obviously, being the best at anything. In Leads league, defenseman in points uh, still as of right now recording. But, um, yeah. Um, Nine points on the air. I mean, how many fans were years away, or not even years, months away from calling him a bust? He he's going to get paid. Yeah, he's got one more year left after this year at six million, and blank check. They're literally going to hand him a blank check it's if he, gonna if he be, can keep this up. If he can keep this up, it's going to be eight digits. There's what's no the, way he's not getting? What's the highest paid defenseman in the league right now? Who is that? Is that Seth Jones? Is it Seth Jones? I don't know. That's that's a Google search right there. I know McCarr makes nine, I want to say. I think Jones makes nine and a half. I'm pretty sure Drew Doughty makes over. It's, it's Eric Carlson. What's he making? Uh, Eleven and a half. And Doughty? Is it right now? Eleven, thing? yeah. Doughty and Eric Carlson both making. Seth, Seth Jones is uh, nine and a half. I so, will Darlene be the highest paid defenseman in the league? If you're Dal- if you're re-signing Darlene soon, um, Cal McCarr signed a nine million, so you're looking at a contract around nine million. But I could see it easily going up to ten. Dougie Hamilton makes nine million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Good player, but any and yeah, anyone if he <clears throat> if he's able to keep up this point streak and match guys like Adam Fox and Cal McCarr, Adam Fox is nine and a half million. If you're Paying Darlene, you're paying him nine and a half to ten million. Darlene's making minimum ten million. I think it's with the cap being projected to go up ten million. You, the players know this, the agents know this, the GMs know this. Everyone involved knows the cap is going up. Darlene will probably be making eleven million, maybe more. I could see it being a ten and a half, eleven million, especially if he keeps this up. Um, obviously, he could never score a goal again, and we don't want to see that. But you don't pay him. I have right no now. problem with it. I mean, the earliest they can do it, I'd assume, is July 1st. I don't want to 
say that's the truth, but I'm pretty sure that's the truth. Um, a couple of guys can get paid after the season. We'll get into that. But uh, let's go to that Calgary game. 6-3 win for the Sabres. Uh, Darlene gets that goal to make him break his own record at four games to five. Uh, Tuck gets the hat trick. I think I said that. Um, who else scored? Casey Milstead, shorthanded. Yeah, we'll talk about Casey. I got a. I got Dylan a gripe. Cousins had a goal. I got a gripe with Dylan or uh, Milstead today. Who else scored? Was that it? I'm missing anybody. Cousins, yeah. Middlestat. We'll we'll talk about Seattle. I mean, Cal- beating Calgary, sweeping Alberta is huge for anyone in the league. Going, if you're going to Edmonton and you beat Edmonton, Edmonton's a cup contender, and then you go to Calgary, cup contender, back to back games, and you nice. come out with four points. Eric for, Comrie, both games times? over forty saves. That's the that's the first goalie in Sabres history to have. Back-to-back 40 save Reg- games. Regular season. Regular season. Because Dominic, we all know what Dominic Hasek did in the playoffs. But it's still crazy to think that we've had Ryan Miller and Dominic Hasek as starting goaltenders for this team. And Eric Comrie is the first Sabres goaltender to have back-to-back 40 save games. I don't know if it is uh, still the stat now, but Sabres had the best goals um, above expected in the whole league. It makes sense. We were the best goaltended uh, team in the league. But yeah, we'll uh we'll talk about Seattle real quick because um it's fresh on everyone's minds. It's what everyone's gonna be thinking about because we did get punched in the face. We got punched in the face by Seattle and we lost five one. And I I don't know if you stayed up for it. I did until the I did. I and, turned it off with like what, was it when they got the fifth goal? I don't remember. It was towards the end of the game. It was tough, and you never want to see your team get punched like that. But the good thing about the uh, NHL is it's an 82 game season, and uh, you're coming back home four and two to start the season. That's the Sabers were due for a loss. I mean, yeah. fans were obviously in heaven as of recently with the crazy wins over Vancouver. We're having fans burn jerseys. Uh, we destroyed the Flames and uh, the Oilers, who are all once like Zach said, Cup contenders. So. Um. Yeah, it was a, a loss was due, but I was wasn't picturing it like that. Um, the Sabers definitely they lost the second the puck was dropped. I believe they were outplayed in every aspect. They were outworked. They had very little effort. Oh, not dude, dude. effort, but they no, had no. little. I gotta I gotta tell you my gripe with Casey Middlestat because we weren't out of that game. We are on a power play. We're down 4-1 in the third. A uh, little over 16 minutes, 17 minutes are left when the penalty's called. Casey Middlestat's in the zone. Owen Powers leading a rush back in the zone. Middlestat is gliding, standing straight up. out of the z- It's a dumb rule because he had no involvement in the play, And but the rules are that's offsides. So you got to know you're offsides and get out of that zone because that's a 4-2 game if that sticks with 15 minutes left. Yeah, and it sucks because it was Jack Quinn's Jack first Quinn. goal of the season. With and a great feed Skinner's from Skinner. Skinner's oh pass God. was magnificent. I, that was a very low percentage pass that got through. He and, sauced it over the back bend of the net. Yeah, it was crazy. It was yeah. perfect. It was tape to tape right there. Quinn knocked it off the goalie. And then I was I was like, okay, Sabres are back in this. Yeah. Come back, kids. Seattle uh, oh my, this I, season I, have given up big leads. They haven't been consistent in the third period. And I thought, you know what? Sabres do have a chance here. Uh, if you gamble, you might have even looked at it that way. But you know what? They def- they 
that was a very deflating offside call. Like you were saying, Casey Middlestat, that whole situation was took all the wind out of the sails of the team. I think. Well, I'm speculating, obviously, but um, it's a big goal. It. It's a big goal with more than half the period left. Who knows what happens? But um, yeah, we get punched in the nose and. Uh, Seattle answered immediately after that power play. It was a five on three for a little bit too. Yeah. Um, no answer. Another thing I think I've mentioned earlier in the season, we're still giving up way too many odd man rushes. Three on twos, two on ones, breakaways. Yeah, the fact that that was only five one last night. We Comrie we, was on his head. I don't even know. I don't think they, uh, Seattle had many shots either. Comrie literally, they literally was were, in a video game. Like, yeah, insane high percentage chances every shift. It felt like. Um, and obviously, that's we haven't even talked about it yet. Um, that's credited due to Sabres losing two of their starting defensemen, Henry Yoki Haru, and um, unfortunately, the recently signed Matias Samuelson. Matias Samuelson, that injury, I mean, that had a lot of people holding their breath. You know how dangerous, if you watch football, ACL injuries feel like that happen once a week, ending seasons. And even Matias uh, Samuelson said he thought of the worst there about his knee, but luckily he'll only be out three to four weeks to a month ish. So thank God for that because you that saw scary. what the Sabres looked like without him. And uh speaking of that, Elliot Friedman made a comment today on his show um the one. saying like the Sabres could be in to make like a move because they kind of see themselves as a team who can still be in it. Okay. I mean Samuelson's out a month, but I think even with Samuelson and Yoki Haru, I think there's still room for improvement on that D-line, especially on the right side. So if the Sabres can find a defensive – oh, uh, right after he talk, started talking about Ethan Bear, who I'm a big fan of, even though I don't think that's the answer, but I would not be against it, especially if he's getting minutes over Yoki Haru or Jacob Bryson, who Jacob Bryson has actually had not bad of a season besides Seattle last night. I yeah, think. and I think that's because he was playing with – uh, Pilot and Fitzgerald during the game. He, um, but he's been playing with Lubushkin, who's right. been like a saving grace. Of they Bryce. did put uh, Dallin and Power together last night. I know, I noticed that. In the third and they period. were really good. They were uh, switching spots, dropping the puck. It was fun to see. It I, was awesome to watch. They were dancing around. If they keep that, I think I'm okay with that in certain games. Just yeah. to try it out. Yeah, Cause, definitely. Because um, you're talking about a potential uh, defenseman who was going to be paid. <laughs> $11 million, or and more. you're talking about a defensive prospect who we drafted first overall who could also be making around $8, 9000000 million a year easily. And Owen Powers' out. play as so far is kind of like how Darlene's was. They've obviously got the first overall hype. Power had his first year after being drafted in Michigan, obviously, but you, I knew before the season started, I said he's going to have growing pains, and we're seeing them as fans. If you're watching the games and you're like, that Owen Power kid sucks. No, he doesn't. He's 19, about to be 20 in the NHL. There's going to be growing pains, especially for defensemen. We gave up on, I don't want to say we, but a very good majority of the uh, fans gave up on Darlene. I was close to it. I, I didn't. Was, I was pretty I sick of it. Rasmus. Was, Rasmus, I'm looking <laughs> at the camera. I I did not. There were times where it was like, okay, like this, this is getting ridiculous, but you, you got to understand from a – standpoint that this is a major jump from college to the national hockey league. Obviously there's a much greater competition and uh, it's showing in powers game. He's not, so we're not even 10 games into the season. And if you're already 
uh, criticizing Owen Power, I think you can just shut up. Yeah. Like, stop tweeting. Maybe, like, fix fix your personal issues. Like, it's just, it's just annoying at this point. Like, we want to be excited when we win, and then as soon as we lose again and we're 4-2, and two, everyone wants to no, – I'm not going to say everyone because it is a minority of people who will say, like, these things about Power and Quinn and Krebs and – some of it could be valid criticism. Yeah. But saying send these guys to Rochester, I think. Being a keyboard warrior isn't really valid criticism if you're just insulting the person and not trying to – if you want to offer solutions, apply to be a coach. But There's been a lot of people just like throwing out there, you know, send uh, Quinn, Krebs, or Power to Rochester, and I just think that would only deflate their game. Well, let's let's Obviously. talk about that. Let's talk about that. Um Sending, I'm not going to say power. Let's say Krebs and Quinn. I think that does just hurts them. I think they've both proven they are too good for that league. If I, you watched the playoffs last year, Krebs looked dynamite. But here's what I'm saying. Neither of them have looked good when they're both in the lineup, and one of them's always been sitting. I think Quinn had a decent game last night. He didn't see the minutes, obviously. And I was kind of upset Granado didn't throw him on the power play or throw him with the first line. You're shuffling lines. Why are you leaving the fourth line how it is? Right. So that was my only criticism last night. And also, I something else I want to critique about Granado. It's fine that he's he's not perfect. That's no one is, but the power play. It's really yeah. struggling. I know we got to talk about the power play. Special teams, I think that's more of like an assistant coach. We're the worst ranked um offensive special teams unit in the NHL. Yeah, so. and I think that's been going farther than this season. Um but no, we were never the worst. Like, um, yeah, but we've had our weaknesses for some time now, and they're getting exposed. Actually, there was something I saw. Uh, Lance Lysowski of the Buffalo News uh, had a tweet. I saw an analytics, someone from the analytics department at Seattle, uh, I think he posted after the first period. They were showing how they saw Buffalo was like ranked 28th in the league in some stat, and Seattle was just playing their game focused on burying where we're bad at and they where did. are we bad i gotta find the tweet <laughs> i do have to find that tweet um uh yeah but back to what we were talking about i think the saying send uh krebs and quinn down is is a very quick way to fix the problem i guess it's not um you're if you send them down they're coming back up they're coming back up within 10 games. They're not going to stay in Rochester the whole season. They can't. That would be more harm than good. But, um, yeah, maybe your uh, criticisms are with some um, validity to them, but it just wouldn't uh, make sense for the long term of the Sabres sending one of these guys to Rochester, especially a guy like Owen Power. He's played at um, the Olympics. He, he was lights out in college. You're not sending Owen Power to the AHL, but that's we're we're literally talking about people who just tweet whatever they're thinking. I found the uh, tweet. Uh, doesn't say her last name, but Allison L from uh, Seattle's analytics expert. Uh, in terms of defending looks from the higher dan- high danger areas in the slot, Buffalo ranks twenty eighth overall, and they're allowing a ton of passes to create chances there as well. Twenty eighth in the league. Those are the two on ones. Those are those high percentage and in the set, slot chances. Lance mentioned the crack and try to exploit that in the first period. That was tweeted after the first period. Was it two three nothing after the first? Yeah, um, it was three nothing after the first, and um, we we knew two on ones were going to be a problem. 
and Seattle just put the playbook out there on what to do. We looked very rushed in the defensive zone to get it out, and we were making very sloppy passes and jumping up in plays we maybe shouldn't have been jumping up in. And Seattle really, really took advantage, and they could have easily scored eight goals in this game. Um, yeah, uh, sorry about that. We had a little bit of some testicle difficulties here, <laughs> and we uh, we had to restart the video. We, uh, yeah, we had some growing pains in doing the whole live podcast in a professional studio thing. <laughs> yeah, first time at it. Um, I believe I, we were talking about the Vancouver game. We were just finishing up on Comrie, how uh, – Seven nine two save percentage, oh, twenty four yeah. shots against. Yeah, looks bad on paper. Was not bad if you were watching the game. That's I think. Wayne Gretzky said. said it best: "Stats are for losers, and if you're reading into those stats, you're a loser under definition." <laughs> yeah, all those um, analytics nerds have no idea what they're talking about. That no. analytic science crap is the devil. <laughs> No. Uh, yeah, Seattle game will definitely be one to put in the past. I think uh, nobody really wants to talk about that game anymore, um, including myself. So, Vancouver, we didn't talk. We jumped around from Flames to last night. But we'll go to Vancouver. Uh, 5-1 win. Uh, Darlene beats the record the first time. Um, extends it the second time. It's, he extended it in Vancouver. He made it his own record. He, he took another step above Olsen with two goals. Gergensen's had a goal. Was it the empty net? Yes. Yep. And Tuck with a goal. Uh, Craig Anderson, 30 shots against, 29 saves, 9-6-7 save percentage. So. Yeah, uh, best goalie tandem in the NHL. And I think if we <laughs> clean up in front of Comrie last night, it's it's uh, still that. I don't think so, goaltending is too big of an issue first six games in. I don't know how you feel, but. Craig I, Anderson for Vesna basically. Yeah, or uh, tandem Vesna. Yeah. Give it to both of them. Yeah, Vancouver game was obviously a lot of fun. Um, whenever you beat a team by four goals, it's fun. Uh, whenever their fans are posting videos on Twitter of them burning jerseys, it's always fun. But we've been there, so and we might we might see it again this that year. That Leon so. Dreisaitl clip is hilarious with the Penguins fan throwing his jersey. Oh, yeah, Leon yeah, yeah. Flips it back up into the crowd. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad he threw it back. That's just funny. And <laughs> it's I, it's I, hilarious. There's no need to throw a $300 jersey on the ice. I'm, I don't care how. Not even it. 10 games into the season. Yeah. And you're and a Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh fan. Pittsburgh's not doing Pittsburgh. bad, are What they? are you complaining about? You have cups, and we don't. <laughs> we don't have any of that. So um, the Penguins are four two and one. Yeah, and you're throwing your. Jersey. And I'm assuming the one overtime. You're throwing your game. jersey in October. Get real. The only team that makes sense for I think is Vancouver. Fuck you! If and you're I throwing your jersey in October when the calendar says October, that's yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> you're not even <laughs> ten games in. He just wanted to throw his jersey. Phil Kessel is Iron Man. Yeah, he's the new Iron Man in the Marvel movies. <laughs> I, that's what I read, at least. I just read the headline. headline. But, yeah, I guess Marvel wanted to change the image of Iron Man. And it's Phil Kessel now, so good for him. Yeah. The, uh, wow, 990 games straight. And he scored his 400th Which, goal in I don't that think, game. I don't think it should be his record. Keith Yandel should have – I don't even know if he would have hit 1,000. Why would remember. you want anyone else but Phil Kessel to yeah. have that record? Still, I want Phil Kessel to be remembered in the NHL forever. He will be. He he is peak male performance. He's great. He has the body of a Sports Illustrated 
He has the Talk body of a gym teacher. He's an athlete, <laughs> but he looks like a high, high school gym teacher. There was something uh, he only drinks like Coke on the bench, like he doesn't have water in his water bottle. Uh, or uh, the when he was selling his house, and it was a picture of his theater room. And it was just <laughs> one chair in an empty room with the TV. There was another thing. It was, I think it was talked about. Um, it was a spin chicklets clip. Uh, there was a guest on, and he was talking about how he was refusing to weigh in <laughs> one year. He says uh, it was a, it was just funny. Uh, what else was there? Pierre. Uh, oh, asking him how's his breath. How's how's your breath out there? He's like bad, it's eh? bad, isn't it? <laughs> bad, eh? <laughs> that is so funny. There's so many great Phil Kessel moments, like beating up John Scott with a stick in a preseason game in a line brawl against Toronto. Being be- one of the Penguins' best scorers in the playoffs into that Stanley Cup full Here's circle moment. <laughs> uh, is he a Hall of Famer? Phil Kessel? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? I, <laughs> two Stanley Cups, the Iron Man. There's a lot of people who deserve it more than Phil Kessel who are not Hall of Famers. And we'll get to them first. I don't think we will, and that's the thing. I don't think who- Phil Kessel will be a Hall of Famer. Does he deserve it? Kinda. Will do I think he should be? Hundred percent. Yeah, um, I would love to see Phil Kessel in the Hall of Fame. I think he's defied all the odds. He's still fast as hell with that bod. The amount of hot dogs he consumes is with that speed. It's quite impressive. So I think that alone deserves first ballot. Yeah, and if you're making fun of, we're not making fun of him for his his looks. He's an NHL player, and he would come to any adult league in the nation. And scored 28 goals a game. So, tremendous hockey player, and we, he's a great personality in the NHL. Him playing pickup basketball with um, oh, who was he playing with? I didn't see this. He was playing uh pickup basketball. It was funny. He was just like chucking threes. But yeah, hits the Ironman uh streak. Congratulations! 400 goals. Uh, he got it the night he tied the record, but then got called back. And then he got it again the next night, uh, the night he beat the record. So He got it called back when he was playing his former team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, clap it up for Phil Kessel. Uh, we'll move on. Um, there was a goaltending duel um, as of recording last night that I think should be discussed. Um, the better goalie wins. The uh... defending champs walk into Madison Square Garden. And uh, in the net for the Rangers is uh, – I. I don't know if our viewers will know him, Igor uh, Shosturkin. And then uh, the goalie for Colorado is Georgiev, former Ranger. Yeah, he got traded there, I think, right when the offseason began. Is he he their starting goalie? Is there like a tandem over there in Colorado? It's a tandem with him and uh, Darcy Kemper, I believe. Yeah, so uh, obviously they win that game in a shootout. Uh, If you saw the celebration from Georgiev – he made sure everyone in the building saw it. He was everyone heard it. He was stomping. That yeah. is a great win for him. And it's not like he played bad. He made uh, forty three saves. No, forty six saves. I think they had forty. I'm pretty sure they had forty eight shots on goal. So good on him. And um, Colorado's just going to be a force in the West the whole season. And New York's going to be a force in the East. So very fun game to watch last night. If you got a chance to watch it, this is a fun season so far. I'd say. I mean, it's been it's been quite the news a little bit here and there. Uh, I'm missing a little bit of uh, Austin Matthews highlights. Yeah, how's he doing stat wise? You know, 
Uh, he's not. He's not scoring too much, like goal wise. I mean, he had a great assist the other night. He's playing very good. He's playing. Um, he's making uh, smarter plays and like stronger plays. He's just not showing it. If you're points. coming off a sixty goal season, this could be one hard to do it ever again, and then two, he's, you're going to be figured out a lot. Better. He started slow last year too. Kind of like a uh, Tage Thompson. I don't think he's going to come close to not. Uh, come close. I don't think he's going to have as many goals as he did last season due to people are going to figure him out. They're going to watch film on him. Austin Matthews has seven games played, one goal, five assists, six points. Six points. Uh, good start, but um, yeah, I, I miss last year was a lot of fun for me to watch Austin Matthews. I just watched again two days ago. Goals. Yeah, it's very, very rare. And hopefully he can do it again. Or something. <laughs> They should like rocket something. I don't know, something cool like that. There's a interesting video on YouTube I watched too. It was uh, the goal scoring leaders through history. Like it did the most awards won, most goals in a season, um, most goals all time. And Gretzky's obviously almost untouchable for goals in a season. What's that at? 93. Okay, yeah. That's I believe. That's thing again. All time, obviously, we're in the middle of a Alex Ovechkin race, which also has come uh, come out of the gates a little slow. Six games in for Washington, so um, yeah, a lot of fun to be a goal scorer in the NHL right now. Um, Sabres goal scorer Tage Thompson still sitting idle at his one goal. He had a goal get. Um, I wanted to talk about that. Sabres on back to back games with st- scoring goals that didn't count. Yeah, Vinny Hinostroza did it against uh, Vancouver. I guess we're just too good. We shoot too hard. I'll take it. I mean, it's kind of funny. I really thought that Thompson shot was a goal. That was a piss he, missile. He celebrated too. And usually, like when you shoot the puck, you if you, you celebrate, know. you yeah, yeah. Unfortunate bounce off the crossbar and clearly wasn't a goal. I can't argue that. Ovi has three goals, three assists in seven games. So, um. Career seven hundred eighty three. That's just wild. Um, yeah, that Thompson shot piss missile. I thought it was in. Everyone thought it was in. Uh, look back at it. Was not in. Clearly, Hinostroza. Uh, I think he went post bar out. Yeah, uh, everyone else thought that was in too. Light went right on. So, yeah, they they tricked us. Yeah, the hockey gods are uh, toying with with us a little bit. Um, obviously we get out to a quick start and. Um, <clears throat> want to talk about how good we are and sometimes we need to be reminded that um could get taken away from you in a in a 5-1 loss to Seattle anytime so Lawrence Pilot had 14 minutes and 50 seconds of ice time last night which is it's a lot expected Owen Powers putting up he played 22 minutes and 32 seconds so I think that's his average for the season so he's getting a lot of time on ice uh, lots of room for growing, lots of room for mistakes, obviously. Uh, he's got two points right now, power. Um, and that's not too bad in six games, especially as a defenseman. So He's had a lot of good chances, too. He had a chance last night. Um, I really like what he's And he, he, missed, he missed high, yeah. Uh, you can obviously tell that. Uh, he doesn't seem to be in a shell, like, about what he thinks he can do. He wants to do everything he knows he can do, and. There's a lot of just second, I'd say just overthinking in this game that will be solved over time. Obviously, if you look at Darlene, I think Owen Power will be just fine. Um, but, yeah, we were 
kind of hoping for like a Calder season. It's definitely not out the window, but I mean, this is a slowish start for something, some award like that. Uh, Paterka. Let's talk rookie stats because um, I know Paterka has four points. Rookie, uh, yeah, JJ Paterka is in the top five rookies. Uh, right now, and uh, another rookie we're, we were very high on is Ken Johnson. Three goals in three games. Good for him. So, um, yeah, congratulations, Ken Johnson. Look at these uh, rookie stats right now. Uh, leader in points is Shane Pinto from the Ottawa Senators. He also leads rookies in goals right now with five. He gets six points. Um, J.J. Paterka is sitting at four. Tied for first in points, Kalen Addison. I'm happy for him. I like him a lot. Minnesota Wild, six assists. So, I don't think he's going to stay consistent with leading the top. goalie rookies, Logan Thompson, and wins and shutouts. What, does it show a list of what other goalies are on there? Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> uh, Arthur Zhekov from Montreal, Wi-Fi. He got his first NHL goal, and he beat the shit out and of Zach Cassian. Yeah, he beat the fuck out of him. <laughs> that was crazy. was not expecting that. Um, good for him. Like – Beat the hell out. Like, not like he – oh, my God. He beat the hell out of him. It was sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, Cole Perfetti and Ken Johnson both getting off to a good start this year. Obviously. How many points Matty Beniers got? Six as well? Yeah, he had a few points against us last night, which happy for him. Good for you. Shane Wright, where are you at? I'm Where's Shane Wright at? I'm, where is Shane Wright? I think they scratched him against the Sabres. Not even in – the top anything for rookies right now, but young kid. I think his rookie year will be technically next year. I think he'll be sent down to either the AHL or uh, whatever Canadian league he was at before. Was it the W? W, yeah. And it's not a bad move, especially with a lot <laughs> of these young kids who are getting drafted now, dealing with like some of their prime years during a pandemic where hockey was in limbo for a long time. Some leagues didn't play. I know the WHL didn't for a while. So, um, yeah, he might need that time in the AHL just to come uh, find his game, and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, we've happens. been – It happens every year. There's always a prospect that, you know, needs a little bit more time of development. Uh, I don't want to put the B word on him yet, obviously, but – uh. He's got a lot of time to figure it out, but he's got a lot of things to fix. Um, you can say that for a lot of people. Speaking of Wi-Fi, and we were talking about uh, rookies. Rookies. We'll talk about Montreal because they are the Sabres' next game. Um, They have two of the top uh, defensive rookies in Wi-Fi and Caden Gooley, who's also having a good year this year. He's uh, He's got two assists in seven games. Uh, Montreal Caulfield's on a heater. Yeah. Great, and that's always fun to watch. It was it was a bummer when I, I forget who their coach was when uh, before they brought in St. Louis, but bringing in uh, Martin St. Louis has rejuvenated his career like yeah. instantly. As soon as he was coach, yeah, he ended the season hot last year. He started the season hot this year so far. Uh, obviously, goal scores are a little on and off as you're seeing with Jeff Skinner this year. We even talk about that. Jeff Skinner has no goals yet. Akposo. I think it's a little too early to worry, but not. It's it's coming close. Keep it on the front front of your mind. And yeah. Tage Thompson only has one goal. Yeah, which great is goal. great to hear because yeah. we have depth. We were obviously yeah. Alex Tuck has a lot of goals and Darlene, but like you're 
we're getting goals from Dylan Cousins, Casey Middlestat, guys in the Olsen, bottom. And yeah, six, and we're so. we're not lose, beating teams by a goal. Yeah. We beat Vancouver 5-1. We beat uh, Calgary 6-3. We beat uh, Edmonton 5 or 4-3. I think 4-2 or 5-3. One of those. 5-2. Did we get an empty netter against Edmonton? Yeah. Okay, then it was 5-3. And then um Yeah. Only two goals. We're beating we're beating teams we should and I think that Seattle game I really hope they don't let that linger. I hope they just use it as a lesson. Come home, play Montreal, and then Chicago, and I got a couple more. I don't know. By the time this is out, um, um, obviously excluding if there's any more testicle difficulties, um, tomorrow tonight when you're watching this or when this releases, there is a Sabres game, and it's against Montreal, and it's home. We're back home, so hopefully we can start the homestand right. And um, it's two very good young teams playing each other, and I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. If before the season started, I said I I didn't think Montreal was as bad as they were giving credit as. Um, they're not a bad team on paper, I'd say. Um, forward wise, defense wise, a little scary. Carey Price came out and said he wants to play again. By the way, I forgot right. to bring that up. Yes, that did happen. Um, great. I'm happy for him. I know he stepped away for some personal issues, and there's no shame in that, especially with what the world's been going through the past couple years. So, Do you think he'll be back in Montreal, or think he's going to go somewhere else? Oh, I think he'll be back in Montreal. I think he made his commitment to Montreal. and um, It's a hard contract to move. I remember, uh, did they leave it out in the open for Seattle to grab? Yeah, they did. Was a, Seattle, Seattle could have grabbed Tarasenko, too. But um, Seattle definitely... What a stupid move not to... Well, that's what Vegas did. They just took the best available player. Mm-hmm. And that and worked out well. That worked out very well. So, it's a great strategy if you want to have a pretty good team. I blame Jason Botterill. He is there, the assistant. Oh, my God, he is. Yeah, that's why that loss last night hurt a little more. I think we've played Seattle three times now, and we haven't won. But whatever. Maybe it's just that little hit, like uh, thorn in our side, and we're still the Goliath we thought we were when we beat Calgary. It's crazy how... <laughs> Bipolar, everyone gets when we lose a game. Yeah, like I got this feeling during that game, like I haven't had in a while. Like, oh, we just got dominated. Yeah, you get the entire game, and it's like I haven't felt that since like probably before the Jack Eichel game last year when things like turned around. We were getting smacked in the smacked around. Yeah, but it was like, but it it just brought back that like feeling of like, oh, okay. It's never fun to lose five one. Yeah. Uh, we're cutting it short on time tonight, but uh, as we're going to do every week, we are going to do our players of the week. So first we'll start off with our rookie of the week. Who would you name yours? Okay, this is tough because we don't have many rookies. We Come do have a here. rookie joining the podcast right now. Come in. Oh, I'm young, I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're going to ask you your saber of the week. Can't you just to come here and say that? Four. All right, we're doing our rookie of the week, our players of the week. Dylan, who is your rookie of the week? Paterka. Paterka. And Dylan, who is your forward of the week? Mm, Paterka. (laughs) Who is your defenseman of the week? I mean, Darlene would have to be it, right? Yeah, that's a correct answer. 
Um, for anyone listening at home, this yeah. is uh, Dylan, our analytics department. <laughs> Dylan, what was your favorite goal of the week? Tuck's toe drag. There you go. That's a, that was a good goal, Dylan. That's mine, like too. That. Yeah, that was sweet. Anyway. All right, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> uh, All right, fuck off, Dylan. I'll be back next week. <laughs> All right, Zach, your rookie of the week. My rookie of the week is um, Owen Power. Uh, he had two assists in a game, which is huge, and um, multi-point game any night is a good day to be a defenseman. Was that before the game, Calgary? It was the Vancouver game. It was? Okay. Yeah. All right. And My then, rookie um, of the week would be Paterka. Yeah, I already said mine. Owen yeah. Power. All right, forward of the week. Um, I'm going to go Alex Talk Hattrick against Calgary. He's leading the team in goals. It's like top five or ten leading goals, so. What about you? Um, talk, but uh, honorable mention to Vinny Henestrosa. Yeah, five points in four games. He's playing. He, he he's, showed up. He's not leaving. Yeah, he's definitely a great player to have in the lineup. Defenseman of the week, I think that's easily Rasmus Dahlin. Again, breaking records, just not slowing down. Looked great against the Kraken, even though the rest of the team didn't. Played so. his ass off. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, I think that was – predicted um we thank anyone who stuck around and listened and we still I, got two more what do we have to do the goal of the week oh alex tuck i'd say toe dragons uh uh calgary i would say jack quinn's against seattle <laughs> and the clown of the week we're gonna i'm giving this one to casey Middlestat just for i mean he's been, he's been playing great he's been doing great in the face-off draw but what he did against uh seattle it's uh hard to look past even though Clown of the week. Casey Middlestat, you're my bozo of the month. <laughs> put, put that in post. Bozo of the month. Casey Middlestat. Get the – get – fuck – skate out of the zone. Look next to you. Bozo of the month, Casey Middlestat. We got any more? Uh, no, that's it. But, yeah. Thank you for anyone watching. Uh, we hope you liked the live um, edition. This is obviously new for us. It was It was fun. It's definitely easier to do it out, out of Zoom and more exciting. So we hope to be bringing more live in the studio. Yeah, hopefully we'll set something a little up better next week or whenever this happens next. But, um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe, uh, Spotify or any other streaming, make sure you download it. Follow us on our socials at GoatheadsPod. And, yeah, that's really it. Uh, thank you guys for listening and watching. We – Really appreciate it. Um, Smash the like button. Uh, subscribe on YouTube. Oh, it turned off. Camera turned off. See you Perfect guys. Time.